Welcome to the Shred with Science podcast with your host, Dr. Chris Spearman, one of the world's leading online fitness coaches, an expert in metabolic correction and a global cover model. Chris delves deep into the most up-to-date scientific literature to provide you with the tools you need to live a healthy, enjoyable, and educated lifestyle. Yo, what is going on, everybody? And welcome back. It is another episode of the Shred with Science podcast. It is a crazy episode. It is an episode that I've been waiting probably for over two years to record. And it is what I did during my PhD. What was the science behind uh, my PhD or the uh, the biochemistry, the topic, what I discovered? Did I discover anything? Was it a waste of time? Was it worth it? It's relevant, so relevant to science because it, it, it's everything about this podcast is about me being authentic and articulating science in the best way possible. And during a period of my life where science was everything and still is, it is a a big topic and it's an important one and it's one that I want to share with the world. And um, I think if you guys have listened this far and you're 121 episodes in or whatever it may be, I think you probably have an idea what I'm about and what I've been through and highs and lows, um, you know, shitty points, uh, triumphs, whatever it may be. And uh, my PhD is definitely a mixture of both being truthful. Um, so looking forward to sharing that with you guys today. I'm here. It is late. It is uh, it's 1 a.m. As always, I've got a cup of coffee and I've got hours of work ahead. Just getting it done, guys. Just getting it done. I want to say a massive thank you, as always, to anyone who's left a review. Most importantly, I want to say a massive, massive, massive thank you to my absolute team. My absolute team of coaches over the last few weeks who have handled everything that's been thrown at them. Now, I don't want to get anyone wrong. I don't want to miss out people. We've got Darren. So massive recognition to Darren for what he does behind the scenes. We've got the, uh, along with myself, of course, we've got two high ticket coaches. We've got Wade, we've got Lee, um, who are incredible in their own right. Um, Absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, have a different skill set, a different approach, different personalities. um, And they do amazing, amazing, amazing work. We have low ticket coaches, uh, male coaches who are running right now the 90 day cover model accelerator programs we've got jack we've got sam uh, and our recent addition nick um we also have uh, tom on board who is taking on uh, primarily vegan uh, vegetarian and plant-based clients uh, which is really cool that we have a specific client who literally only takes plant-based um, and then obviously on the female, uh, the female side, we have both Janae and Christine, who are both incredible athletes in, in, in their own rights and, and coaches themselves. And, you know, in relation to the programs that they that they look after, of course, there's a 90 day bikini model accelerator program, but they have created with myself the, the bikini model academy which we hope over the next few years will become one of the best places to go uh, to get in cover model shape if you're female and um, you know if you want to step on stage whatever it may be so we've got a pretty cool team you know we've got a pretty cool team very fortunate 
it's so important that they know the value that they add to to not 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 just my life, but to the hundreds of clients within the business and how communication between all of us is so vital, so important. So this is a massive thank you to them and a massive appreciation. Firstly, most of you guys, I don't think realized how many coaches we actually had working in the business. Um, It's always difficult when I have this conversation, people don't really know, you know, how things are going in Spearman Fitness in terms of kind of the logistics and how things work. And, And obviously we've got a lot of other staff members that are outsourced. We've got Mike, of course, um, who does all our filming and our content. We have Colm, who does all our podcasting. Um, thankfully, dude. And uh, we've got loads of um, other outsources. But to say that we have a team um, of coaches like that and uh, you know, be able to then call upon people like John Fleming and Natalie in terms of their mindset who are coaches in in the, the emotional uh, uh, aspect of things and, and the psychology around you know, what we're trying to achieve and help clients with, it's really cool to be able to say we have a team of between 10 and 15 people who are buying into whatever the Spearman Fitness brand is. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. It is really exciting. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of it, as crazy as that sounds, because, you know, it's it seemed like I started it in my uh, college room uh, while I was doing my PhD, you know, many moons ago. To be now where it is and to impact and help as many people as we can, it is absolutely amazing. So yeah, it's uh, it's a massive appreciation to you guys. And um, I suppose, you know, what we're going to talk today is about my, my PhD, my doctorate and how I try to impact the world within science. And I think, you know, this being the Shred with Science podcast is, of course, because of my background, um, you know, because of you know, my studies and and what I did. And I'm not going to go into the aspects of my undergrad and my master's because I've already done that already. What I really want to go into is my actual PhD, my doctorate. Like, what did I discover? What did I find out? What did I um, identify? Uh, For some of you guys, this is going to be so boring, by the way. Uh, This is going to be so boring for some of you. And for some of you, this will be probably the most interesting podcast that you've ever heard me record. Now, I hope... (laughs) I hope for more of you, it's it's the second, um, but I'm making no promises. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Supplement Needs. Supplement Needs are one of the UK's fastest growing online health and supplement stores. They have completely exploded over the last year and have been giving out not only some incredible products, but also some incredible information. For me, over the last number of years, I feel like the health aspect of the health and fitness industry has been completely left out and companies like supplement needs are bringing your health as a priority to the forefront for me maybe it's because i'm a little bit older maybe it's because i'm a little bit wiser but i'm focusing so much more now on health knowing that i can never fully perform without being as optimal as i possibly can in terms of my health A lot of the supplements that I take from supplement needs and have been taking are health related. For example, zinc, magnesium, P5P, L-theanine, 5-HTP, vitamin B5, ashwagandha, methyl B12, vitamin D3, curcumin and tudka. Now, for me to bring a sponsor onto the podcast, it is imperative for me firstly that I believe in the brand their ethos, their message, but also their supplements. Now, knowing that Dr. Dean St. Mart heads their intelligence 
and their formulation is incredible. Just to have someone like that to give that level of detail. For those of you guys who don't know, Dr. Dean is a great friend of mine and he has a PhD in organic chemistry. His sole goal is to help supplement needs create the best possible formulations possible. Uh, so over the last number of months, he has created four stacks. There's a kidney and blood pressure stack, a liver stack, a sleep stack and a heart stack. Now for me to have a relationship with a company that gives that level of detail and puts that much uh, emphasis on making other people's health a priority, especially when it comes to science, it was an absolute no-brainer for me. You can also find a lot of other supplements on their, uh, both in their in-house store in New Milton, but also online on their website, Redcon One, Granite Supplements, Anabolic Design, Adapt, SciTech, and more recently, the Train by JP Nutrition Supplements. Some amazing products, uh, just an amazing brand, and really excited to be working with them. If you haven't, please check them out at supplementneeds.co.uk. You can also find them on Instagram. And if you want to save some money off, use the code SPEARMAN on your order to save yourself some money. Yeah, I mean, where to start really? So uh, I think the most important thing to, to discuss firstly is I came from Ireland in the middle of nowhere and I moved over to London with a dream. And my dream was to achieve whatever I could um, and go back, essentially, is what I thought at the time. And so I took my my, my PhD place, which is uh, HOXA9 as a risk factor in acute myeloid leukemia. And that was the title of my thesis. So HOXA9 is a gene and obviously a risk factor in acute myeloid leukemia. So basically a type of leukemia. And um, yeah, I suppose the goal or the summary, you know, was to look at the effects that specific genes like HOXA9, which is a gene, the changes in that gene may have on the prognosis or potential survival of clients, patients, people, loved ones who had a form of this illness of cancer. And the majority of, of the clients that I met, the patients, the, you know, the people were incredible human beings and they gave me so much life you know during my phd to be able to see people who were so close to death or near death and be so positive so upbeat and so generous uh, with their time so i I really want to i mean i want to go into the science but i want to kind of summarize it as well essentially what what i was trying to figure out is a few things if this gene is related to this type of cancer, then could we alter this gene via medication or dampen this gene via medication? Could we have drugs that target this gene? Could we analyze this gene in normal people and then people who were developing a disorder to identify how sick they were or what the probability was of them developing this type of cancer and use this as a biomarker. So essentially, in essence, my PhD was basically figuring out either why people developed cancer in the first place. Was it this gene or did this gene have a 
an implication or, or a, um, a role. And secondly, if this gene is implicated, then couldn't we use this gene to predict the future almost and say X, Y, and Z may at some point get this form of cancer. And if that was true, then you should be more vigilant. So essentially, that's exactly what my thesis was about at least. And then, you know, it took, as all theses do, a twist and a turn and a duck and a dive to the point where I almost lost myself in the sense of not knowing what to do, um, where to go, what else to study, is science what I wanted to achieve? Um, you know, my doctorate was going to be amazing and it was going to be a personal achievement, but was I ever going to use it? You know, what did I want to do after my PhD? Did I want to stay in research, academia, go into industry, go into pharma, stay in science at all, go into the fitness space? I didn't really know. And the truth is, it wasn't until recently, maybe when I say recent year terms, maybe two years ago, that I really thought, you know what, I don't think I'll ever be in a situation where I would need to use what I learned in my PhD in terms of the information or the science. Now, looking into why someone develops cancer in the first place is an incredible why. And it's a it's a why that was for me, you know, down to personal experiences with uh, very close family members like we all have. And it was my drive to push forward and try and push the frontier in you know, whatever science was. And of course, you know, going to university and into my master's and a PhD and in these places where you've exceptionally intelligent individuals, as you guys can imagine, as a come from I kind of didn't really fit in, which was fine. I've never really fit in my whole life. I've always felt like I had different goals to everyone else in my environment. And until I was able to be around people who could share the aspirations of some of my goals, then my time was probably better spent uh, alone or focusing on my development and improvement. So this was no change for me. So in the environment of my of my PhD and my doctorate, I very much came in, got my experiments done, tried to get the results that I needed or wanted or hoped for, and and then go and leave and and, and try and uh, do the other million things that I was doing, you know, getting in the cover of magazines, traveling all over the UK for shoots at the time, sponsored by various protein companies, uh, you know, bodybuilding.com I was doing work with. It was relentless. And at this point, I was just starting out this business and I didn't really know where to go, what to do, what to charge, who to look to. Um, and it was it was it was a big juggle. So as the years progressed, you know, for firstly, I suppose, you know, my PhD was between uh, a few universities here in, in Surrey, in Southwest London, and um, the ability to interact with patients in the hospital is probably one of the things that made the biggest difference in my life. Probably the thing, one of the things that had the most impact on my life, being completely honest, and it's what I'll take away from my PhD is two things. It's one, the feeling of helping people like that in that situation and 
how much love they had and how much happiness they had, regardless of how much time they had left. And then secondly, what I probably learned more than anything was that I can do whatever the fuck I want to do if I if I really want it enough. That there is literally not much that you can say or claim at least to not be able to do if you really want something. And that belief has I've I, I managed to hone in myself through that journey. And then getting on the cover of a magazine was just inevitable because that's what I was going to do. I was going to set up an online business. That's what I was going to do. I was going to have X amount of money by the time I finished my PhD to have the or to be in a position where I had no student debt, having spent 10 years in university and have the deposit for a house I was going to do. And I did to build a six figure online business to build a, you know, multi six figure. And now it's to build a seven figure business, not because I care about the money, because I want to serve the world to be able to turn around to, you know, my parents or my mom and, you know, be able to make sure that financially she'll never have to worry again. That's a lifelong goal. They are lifelong goals. And the confidence to achieve those was instilled through my work as a as a as a as a PhD student and I'm forever grateful forever ever ever grateful um but the science itself was interesting did I have results did I discover anything did I find anything well the truth is this anyone who gets a PhD or has a doctorate in research discovers something that nobody in the world in the history of the world has ever discovered before. And the truth is, if you cannot say that you have discovered something that nobody else has discovered before, you will not pass. You will not get a PhD. You have to discover something that no one in the history of humankind has ever done or has ever explained. Now, that's a pretty difficult thing to do. Try and sit there and think in your own mind. Let me think of something I have never thought of before. Right? Or let me create something that has never been created before. Or discover something that has never been discovered before. These are very difficult tasks. Exceptionally difficult tasks. And considering this, for me, of course you have a supervisory team. But the truth is... If you're in this and nobody has ever discovered this before, then you don't really have anyone to ask for advice because they don't know. That was the toughest part for me is realizing that, you know, I don't know if I can even have this conversation or discuss this with anyone. And and if that's the case, then what the hell do I do when I need to escape psychologically. And of course, that can lead to a lonely period of existence, a lonely period of my life, of which it was absolutely the loneliest period of my life ever. So it's not all it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It can be difficult, but it's like life. You you find your why, and my why was strong. You work towards achieving 
what you set out and you do it for the right reasons. Now, through the research, we were looking at specific white blood cells and looking at the expression or how much of that gene is being created, red, let's say, and the protein is being created or the um, the DNA is being, it being transcribed or read. And we use this hypothetically and hopefully as uh, a marker for the development of cancer or this type of cancer and try to connect the dots, draw a link. Is this implicated? Okay. And it's not an easy question. Over the period of four years or so, things become more difficult. And it's the only analogy that I can use is it's like chasing Alice in Wonderland down the rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden it goes left and it goes right and there's right and there's left and it's left and it's up and it's down and it's left. And you end up in a web of, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I was essentially taking blood samples from patients, analyzing or isolating, taking out the white blood cells. So the cells that are responsible for uh, things like fighting infection, um, immunity, uh, creating antibodies and things like that. And uh, things like creating cytokines, etc., and uh, breaking those down and analyzing how much of this gene or these genes were being produced. And for me, that's something that was so interesting. My, my master's was in breast cancer research. It was in the University College Cork in Ireland. And I absolutely loved that. It was six months of lecture, six months of research, And to be able to turn around to a lot of people and go, you know what, I have worked and done research for six months to a year in a breast cancer, cancer research laboratory. It's a pretty bloody cool thing. And it's not something that I will ever, ever take lightly at all, at all. And um, being aware of that is what's important and being aware of my why allowed me to go through some of the most difficult times of my life. Looking into these genes, myself and, and the team that I was working with, were able to identify a lot of uh, interesting um, discrepancies, let's say, between some of these types of leukemias. And what we actually found is that there are pre-leukemic diseases okay so you can develop some pre-leukemic diseases which are exactly what they say on the tin they're diseases that you will generally um, encounter or some people will encounter on the road to leukemia or it is almost like the analogy is it's a stepping stone to now not always you can get leukemia without this but there is a high incidence of these can of these diseases. Okay, so MDS, myelodysplastic syndrome, is one, and uh, and something like MPN or myeloproliferative uh, neoplasms. These are just different types and uh, different examples of pre-leukemic stepping stone diseases that may play an impact. In, for example, if people are potentially progressing and there's a high incidence, what I mean by that is a a percentage of the people who have either of these 
will go on to develop acute myeloid leukemia, for example. Now, if we know that, and we know that's the case, then looking after or targeting these potential patients with drugs or treatment or observations could prevent someone from getting cancer. Imagine. Now, the cure, of course, I mean, there's 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 different things that you or we all could do in that situation to inhibit the probability or decrease the probability of developing cancer of course but to be and and if and of course when you're there to um do whatever it is that you need to do to give you the best chance of survival however like i said imagine if you had the ability to foresee imagine if you had the ability to say listen you have a higher probability. Now, most of us have seen people like Angelina Jolie who might get a mastectomy or whatever it may be and getting breast tissue removed so that you will not or do not have to worry about potentially getting a form of um, cancer or that it may affect long-term whether you you know, get a different form of cancer through cancer spreading and whatever it may be. So for this, at least, um, you know, going down the route of, of leukemia was me going into a different form, a different type of cancer, but staying on the, on, under the umbrella of oncology and trying to analyze um, multiple things. You know, this was one of my first few times in a, in a lab, in a, in a research lab in the United Kingdom. Previously, all of my work had been in Ireland. And seeing how things ran here, that was interesting for me, um, seeing how uh, an NHS hospital works, uh, etc. So obviously then we had to quantify, you know, these measures and identify whether it was actually true that this gene um, was implicated. Now things got more complex as things normally do. And as things started to progress, we started to look at, okay, well, how about this? The disease that we're looking at, AML or acute myeloid leukemia, is a predominant disease of the elderly. Now, let's have a look at this gene. Is there a correlation in the sense that as you get older, the probability of you having a higher level of this gene increases? Now, the answer was yes. So we were able to see that there is a higher probability of you getting this form of cancer as you get older, statistically, of course. And I think we all know the truth is if we live to be 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, we would all get cancer at some point, right? Do you guys, I I, I mean, I hope, I'm not sure if you guys have listened to my my episodes before. I think when we talk about cancer or in the most simplest form, because I don't want to go down that route is in the most simplest form, all cancer is, is I don't want to patronize by saying all it is, but from a scientific standpoint, what's happening is you're having a cell that is uncontrolled. It's out of control and continues to multiply and divide. And when that happens, it can be a difficult situation um, to keep under wraps or control. And, and very much so, it overcomes aspects of your body, which becomes a tumor. I think a lot of us think that a tumor is like a like a toxic poison that's like seeping into different uh, cells 
and in 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 a, in a molecular form it kind of is but what's actually happening is that it's specific cells are growing and multiplying that eventually interfere with other functions within the body that's essentially what cancer is so knowing that it was important then to to identify like i said the difference between the pre-leukemic diseases and and the leukemic diseases and if there was a progression if you know potentially as we get older we saw that the ability to or, or the probability of you developing increased the probability of this gene that we were looking at also increased and maybe hypothetically there could be a correlation or a suggestion that doing so would bring um you know w- w- would bring a lot of this to light okay so having done that we then looked at getting samples from a various array of patients who had time left and then assessing with their treatment or what was happening within the hospital how that affected this gene and whether that had an impact downstream and if so how was that so all in all, I think towards the end it came down to it came down to looking at drugs and novel drugs and some drugs that don't even have a name yet because they may hold true to being great answers to therapeutics, great an identifier of a biomarker, and the ability for us all to live a healthier life in relation to cancer. Now, of course, in any clinic or any hospital you often do when you're doing research like this is you deal with the people who consent to give you blood you can't just take blood you need to consent and this experience completely changed my life well for two reasons the first was because every thursday morning i would go to the ward and collect blood samples from the same patients that i would see all the time And I remember my supervisor saying, listen, you better get those blood samples before they're not there anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm sure that other person, if they go away, they may come back to check in. It's fine. And she was like, no, no, I mean, they may not be here anymore. And it sank really deep inside me. I was like, oh, my God, I know what you're saying. And I just couldn't fathom that these people may not be there anymore. They became people that... You know, I, I bonded with during this whole process. And the truth is that was very difficult for me to, to get through, to go through. And that's where a lot of my empathy and my will to help people and my insatiable hunger to try and impact as many people as I can somehow has come from. And one story that I'd say that I repeat all the time was was probably one of the most incredible conversations I've had in my life. I just consented a, a gentleman who is in his 60s to give blood for my uh, data, for my research, to try and figure out why people were getting this form of cancer. Now, the truth is that nobody really knows at the point in time, and the NHS definitely don't, that all they care about is saving that person's life, which is, of course, should be the priority and doing it as quickly as possible. Now, the truth is that you know when you're in that situation and i can send people in this room you obviously meet people it's a very vulnerable conversation and you you open up and and obviously i explained you know what my goals were and what i'm trying to get out of the study etc and 
you know, this gentleman was really, really nice and very openly offered to donate blood and, and for research. And that was great. And as he was leaving, he turned around and he stopped and he said, dude, he said, Chris, what do you want to do when you finish your PhD? And I stopped and I, I was, I didn't know what to say. I hadn't thought that far ahead. This had consumed my whole life. At this point, I had a few clients online, but nothing major. And it hit me and I was like, I don't know. And he said, I'll tell you why. He said, because I've done a PhD as well. And obviously that took me aback. And I was like, oh, awesome. And he said, and the truth is, I've spent the last 50 years, 45, 50 years working for somebody else, paying 40 to 45% tax to the government. And I'm now told that I have three weeks left to live. And I do not have enough time to do the things that I want or need to do in my life. That hit me hard. I think of that person, I think of that moment very, very frequently. And I know that that conversation has impacted and changed my life. 100%. Absolutely. And, and it is because of that, I now think, how can I impact and help as many people as possible with the limited time that we have available to us? Um, and, and what value can I add? So that was huge for me when I was taking blood samples. And of course, then we would segregate the the different blood samples into different patients. So normal patients, patients who had, you know, a, a specific form of this leukemia or, or patients who didn't have any, um, any uh, like I said, normals, any, any leukemia at all. And then some of the pre-leukemic disorders or the pre-leukemic diseases and see what effect or, or if it had an effect. Moving back to... I suppose some of the the clients that were coming through to the clinic or or patients, depending on, I suppose whether they were they were private or not. I suppose they're all patients, but um, some people were so upbeat. Some people were so upbeat. They were always on time. They loved the experience of meeting other people doing doing what they were, um, you know, doing in terms of trying to prolong life, um. Obviously, you know, when I say enjoying, I mean like embracing that, you know, this is something that needed to be achieved and they weren't going to give up and this was something that they had to do and they were willing and ready. And I'm not saying they weren't scared, but of course, you know, they, they knew that they may have a small amount of time left. And on the flip side of the coin, there were quite a lot of people who gave out all the time, Debbie Downers, um, giving out, complaining, playing the victim. Yes, of course, cancer is 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 horrific, and I've seen it, you know, firsthand more than most. But you giving out about cancer will not change anything. You or you giving out about your cancer will not change your life or your world. But you being positive could not only impact yours, but also directly impact the lives of the people around you who want to spend whatever period of time they have with you. Now. Looking at different drugs and some of the drugs that we did, you know, I was also able to identify that there were specific drugs that had a, an incredible effect on this whole thing, that we were able to then dampen down the ability to for, of the cell to express specific genes. And therefore, if that's the case, decrease the probability of people getting cancer. That is pretty cool. And that is pretty awesome. 
And, you know, that, that is our goal. That is our strife. And, you know, we've gone through some publications in, in terms of scientific literature that we're putting together. And it's exciting to know that you've had a little impact and you can look at your thesis or that book and, the, you know, bound or, or otherwise and go, wow, that is something that took X amount of years in my life and, um, and had a massive effect. Now, this to me is an important topic and it's something that I get asked quite a lot. And then, you know, for you guys to understand what it really took for me to do all of that at once was was horrific. It was difficult. It struggled. So coming off the back of obviously, you know, study and years of almost 10 years of third level education and, and university, it's important for me now to identify what I've learned. Was it worth it? And I get asked all the time, okay, so you've done an undergrad, you've done a master's, you've done a PhD, and you're not using any of it. Was it worth it? And why did you do all of that for nothing? And the truth is I didn't do that for nothing. I did it because I loved it. I did it because it was my passion. I did it because my why was strong enough that I wanted to have an impact on the world. I've just realized now that I can have a bigger impact on the world with far more freedom and not that I spend a huge amount of money, I have the ability to eventually perform, uh, provide a, a, a standard of living for my future family that would be that would be adequate for me. And, you know, it, it, I've learned a huge amount from my, my PhD and a huge amount of science, of course, but a huge amount about myself. And I think no matter what it is, you know, if you're listening to this and your goal is to lose weight or build muscle or, you know, get a you know, a pay rise or whatever it may be, I think build a business, you, it, it's that journey that's going to change you. That's the journey that's going to challenge you. And that's the journey journey that's going to make you. And I feel like my PhD has done that for me. Um, although the science, like we said, it's pretty cool to be able to say that, you know, I was testing cells with uh, drugs that had never been you know, produced on, on a mass scale or, or drugs for, for some, uh, some of these cells or, or, or leukemic cell lines that had uh, didn't even have a name. They, they, they've literally just been, you know, created and identified. So that is pretty cool. It's novel. It's something that I will, you know, my, some of the best memories of my life come from my PhD, not, you know, science uh, outside of, you know, the PhD in, in, in what we're doing here in Spearman Fitness. So although that's incredible, one thing that I did take across from that, though, was the ability to impact another human life. And I feel, of course, you know, within cancer, my goal was to impact as many human lives as possible, to have an affinity with people who uh, have, you know, family members just like I had going through these different tasks and different challenges, and to be able to say from an authentic place, like it will be okay. These are the things I would highly recommend you do and, and, and obviously, you know, speak to your physician and make sure that you're staying on top of things. But at the end of the day, I think a positive mindset in all of this is, is vital. It's absolutely vital. And to look at the, the literature that we have created, um, you know, and the, the, the results that we have from our studies, it's pretty bloody cool what we found as well. And some of the findings in relation to, to this gene and, and its ability to, to impact cancer or specific types of cancer is huge and it's novel. And, you know, the, the specific, you know, drugs that we've used 
good, bad, and different will make well, I mean our goal is was never of course our goal was to cure cancer, but realistically that was never gonna happen. Our goal is to add a little bit to this jigsaw, this puzzle that is you know, our knowledge around cancer and and trying to save as many people as possible. Now, the truth is this, and I get asked this all the time, when will people cure cancer? And the truth is you won't. You won't. Because for you to prevent cancer from being a thing means you need to inhibit natural selection. The body's ability or the cell's ability to, you know, make changes and manipulate and grow. And if you stop doing that, you will stop and halt evolution. And if we had stopped and halted evolution hundreds of, you know, even thousands of years ago, we wouldn't be here. So it is important that we're aware that there will always be mutations. There will always be changes. Maybe in the future, the ability to uh, look after those um, or to manipulate some of those will, will happen. And in the meantime, the literature that's being put out there, I hope, will be as accurate as possible. Now, I know that's a brief synopsis of, of what my PhD was in terms of looking at this gene and, and, and how it affected cancer. But the truth is, the, the my take-home points from my PhD were nothing about the literature, nothing about the visuals, as to how I felt, what I knew I could control, and the impact that some of these patients had on me and that that will stay with me for the rest of my life. Um, I have the privilege now of doing that within this business on a daily basis, with clients who are changing their lives as well. And I urge every single one of you massively to, even if it means volunteering to do it, because it makes a big difference to your mindset, um, you know, to the way that you're impacting the world and, uh, and, and to progress. Mm. I hope that's been useful. I hope that's been productive. It is a definitely a deep dive, a deep dive into the science behind my PhD and my doctorate. As always, I hope you guys are having an amazing week. I hope you've been productive. Please tag, please share, please send it to someone who can seek some value. Maybe they're in the medical field and they want to know what to do. Um, you know, maybe you are have a form of cancer and you're you're interested and curious in relation to what my thoughts are around specific topics. Of course, I'm highly skilled in both areas of cover modeling and uh, oncology. So by all means, um, you know, express how you're feeling and what you're doing. In other news, we have had, I'm actually going to check right now. I'm going to be very honest and very transparent with you all. We ran um, a Black Friday offer um, a week from Black Friday, of course. Um, and it uh, has been an absolute massive success. Um, to say it's a you know it's been a sellout is obviously a lie because uh, we have a huge amount of coaches who are more than happy to help people change their lives. So the it's not necessarily a a, a limit. It's more just the appreciation is has gone through the roof for those of you who want to change your life um, and are keen. Let me say it again. This program is normally worth £750 minimum. It is the 90-day cover model accelerator program. You can get this program for £35. Now, you get fully tailored nutrition, 
training, a supplementation sheet, recorded videos, uh, YouTube videos of me uh, doing the exercise and going through the cues, access to our Facebook groups, amongst loads of other things. Now, depending on whether you choose to work with me or not, that depends on, 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 on your, you know, when you come through the booking system. If you're interested and you're curious, click the link below right now in the bio. I promise you it will not and you will not see a cheaper program for the level of service that we give, which is exactly why there have been so many people signing up over the last day or two. So many people getting involved, so many people curious um, and, and it's exciting. It is exciting to see that many people willing to invest in themselves and their lives and uh, I'm just happy to be to be a part of it. So guys, I hope that's been productive. I know it's been a little different. It's more sciencey, geeky based in relation to oncology and cancer. Um, and then obviously in relation to the Black Friday, first of all, a massive thank you to anyone who has uh, gone ahead and uh, one of the, uh, the 25 who have committed to change their lives. I and my team look forward to helping you again. If you're interested, you want to get involved, it's £35 per month only for everything that you need, everything that you will get from us and the team over the 90 days. Guys, have an awesome week. Be productive. I'm off. I'm in Cornwall this week. By the time you listen to this, I'm probably in Cornwall for a cover model shoot. We are going down myself and, 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 and Mike to record for a cover model shoot for various clients of ours down in Cornwall. I'm then off to back to London. Then I'm off to Tampa to hang out with Rudy Mayer, king of Facebook ads. And uh, I want that son. I'm meeting up with Ben Pokolsky, my idol, my mentor, my friend, and we're off to Colombia. So by all means, guys, get in touch. Let's get working together. Let's get you in the best shape of your life now. However, there have been a large number of you have asked, can I get the Black Friday sale and start in January? The answer is yes. If you click now and you say, it asks you, when would you like to start? You say the 1st of January, it's a done deal. Guys, have an amazing day. Have an amazing week be productive and like I say at the end of every podcast make the most of today you will not get this day again peace guys I'm interrupting this podcast for one reason only I want to say a massive massive thank you to every single one of you listening whether you've left a review on iTunes whether you've shared this in your story whether you've referred this to a friend I just want to say a massive thank you As a thank you from me, I want to give every single one of you something for free, something that you can take away and something that you can use. So what I want you to do right now, while you're listening, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on Stitcher or whether you're on iTunes, continue listening this second, head straight over to my Instagram page. Now, I want you to click the link in my bio and hit free arm guide. I want you guys to download that, take it away, utilize it, give it a go, Let me know your feedback. Let me know how you're getting on as a massive thank you from me to you. So click the link in my bio, uh, put your email address in. It will get sent directly to you in seconds, completely automatically, completely for free as a massive thank you for you guys. Um, Even listening to this, you know, I never thought that there would be this many people listening. 
just recently we've hit 100,000 downloads, which is mental, um, and I wanna give something back. So as a thank you from me to you, uh, click the link in my bio, download the free arm guide, and get started. Um, you've got three workouts within that arm guide. You've got a hypertrophy arm day, you've got a strength arm day, and you have got an arm blaster. Now, if you're gonna do the arm blaster, take about 60 to 90 minutes out of your day because it is gonna be amazing. Um, it's a little bit longer than usual, but some really, really good execution tips in that ebook. I hope you make the most of it. Guys, thank you again.